So, Brian, question yeah. for you. Oh, okay. Um, how's the pops chain doing? The pops chain is. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't emailed like anyone back. We have like five <laughs> or six people who have actually asked for pops coin, and I haven't okay. emailed them back, but I will. Okay, we will get back to them. someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe when okay. the escape room closes and I'm desperately looking for something to do. That makes sense. The reason yeah. I'm wondering is that, you know, I've, I've, I've had NFTs on the brain yeah. a lot lately mm -hmm. and, and, and blockchains and things like that. Um, but as, as I understand it, Pops Chain is the world's first uh, cryptocurrency backed by a paper ledger. Yeah. A physical yeah, paper a transaction physical ledger. Physical paper ledger. I have it right here at my desk. Um, mm -hmm. And it goes entirely, you just email me and ask for Pops coin, and I won't get back to you probably for a very long time. But at some point, I, I probably will get back okay. to you. Yeah. Well, uh, Brian is lousy with NFTs. No fucking time. That's hey. right. I'm also Jesus. lousy with all the lice that I have. So many possible worlds, but we got this Welcome to the Worst of All Possible Worlds, the first and only podcast lousy with lice. I'm the Worst of All Possible AJs. I'm the Worst of All Possible Brian's. And I am the Worst of All Possible Josh's. And we're doing NFT week, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we want it all! Um, why? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Josh just bought a bunch of NFTs and he wants to let you, the audience, know uh, That's that right. they are for sale at a significant Brian, markup. Brian, you're trying to trick us, and what I have to say to that is NFT. Nice fucking try, hey. Oh, God. No. This is going to be the C.S. Lewis episode all over again, isn't it? <laughs> got a whole list. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're, of course, all about, uh, sometimes at least, inflicting pain on ourselves for the benefit of mm -hmm. you, the audience. And so this week, I decided to put together a playlist uh, for a case study in non-fungible tokens and related media to that. And yeah. we've also brought in with us a guest this week. You might remember him from our Adventures in Odyssey episode from a while back. The, that was Wit Owns the Fundies, because that was the great one where Nate came in and really just solidified the premise that Odyssey is The Simpsons. And you found The Simpsons parallel for every single episode that we showed That's right. you. Yeah. I yeah, may yeah. not be an Odyssey expert, but I have watched enough <laughs> Simpsons to think about The Simpsons <laughs> in my 30s. So before we uh, dig into these delightful NFT videos, videos and sort of tell the story of the the crypto boom and bust of 2021 and 22 uh nate why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself sort of what your connection is to the subject matter and anything else that you'd like the audience to know about absolutely well uh i unfortunately i'll give you an anecdote here in a moment do not own any nfts you uh, don't not for lack of trying. money on. on the table, man. Uh, Josh, as you already know, uh, an, an employer, uh, as a Christmas bonus, right, uh, awarded every single employee who signed up with a with an exclusive audio <laughs> NFT. Audio <laughs> NFT. All you had to do, all you had to do was was create an Ethereum wallet. Oh, that sounds and easy. Send him your address, and you would get this amazing Christmas gift. He was also uh, going to get back to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. No, he he did follow through. Unfortunately, mm. I opened what was apparently a Ethereum Cash wallet. Mm. Oh, totally different thing. That is entirely different. Yes, every, I, everyone everyone knows that. Shaking their head idiot, on camera you here. Fucking moron. <laughs> so I accidentally had my audio NFT sent somewhere mm. into oblivion. It still exists. Sure, it's still appreciating in value, presumably, <laughs> uh, but I can never ever access what? it. It is like the original NFT, Nate's fungible token. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is wait? 
audio NFT? What does yeah, that do? Yeah, that's the wild one to what me. Is, yeah. is it a, like a fart? Like a unique fart? So these are, this was <sighs> meant for a, uh, a metaverse platform, right? Oh, okay. And just like okay. the old AOL Instant Messenger, when you would log in or log out, when you'd enter a room, etc., you'd have like a, a knock, knock, you know, the door opening sound, the door oh, slamming sound. Remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. this is even better because you could have a unique one that was a, okay. in NFT form. Uh, okay. So <laughs> Stored uh, on the assuming, blockchain. Assuming that the metaverse so, really took off, oh. which of course it did. Yeah. And that everybody wanted these unique audio greetings, which, which they, they do. do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This was a perfect Christmas gift, right? Yeah. And uh, sure. it yeah. turns out afterwards, uh, the man who gifted them said during a company-wide meeting, uh, for the amount of money it cost to mint these, all the gas fees, etc., I could have just given everyone an Amazon gift card, uh, which was great. It was great for every employee to that hear. That really boosted the morale, yeah. We could have just given you money instead of this fake thing. You could have gotten a real thing, yeah. What this is going to kind of be is a survey of what that time was and what it felt like. Uh, in the form of a number of videos. Yes, uh, this is another uh, true worst of all possible worlds, the very worst. We've put together a playlist from hell, and we're going to go through it together. So buckle Thankfully, in. Thankfully, it was short this time. <laughs> pretty short, pretty short. We should start by just describing a few things, because yeah. everybody has, at this point, heard of the idea of cryptocurrency, of NFTs, of stuff like that. But I want to just define it as clearly and briefly as possible, uh, mm -hmm. For people who maybe still don't know the differences between these, because honestly, why fucking should you? This stuff sucks. Yeah. Like the only people who know about it are people like me who have spent way too much time <laughs> caring about stuff that doesn't fucking matter. So uh, yeah. this is sort of a primer that I've put together here. Stick with me. And uh, for everybody who is listening along, uh, if I got anything wrong, do not email me. Go fuck yourself. Email Dan Olson at foldingideas.com. <laughs> because, yes. uh, yeah, a lot of this background is uh, based on Line Goes Up, a fantastic YouTube video, which you should watch if you want a even broader understanding of this. Dan Olson put this video out sort of at the peak of the NFT craze, and it explains a lot of this stuff far better than I could. But uh, so... Guys, how many of you have ever exchanged money for goods and services? Uh, I've done I've done it a couple times. Okay, I've seen my parents do it when I was growing up. Okay. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Got it. sure, sure, sure. Uh, it was one of those things I like meant to pay attention to and figure out how yeah, to do, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's never come up so far. Okay, cool. Um, well, I'll go ahead and explain it to you then, Please. Nate, just so you can understand like how traditional money works. You know, fiat currency, right? Um, where basically a currency is a form of value where if you have some of it. You can give that thing to somebody else and they will give you something in exchange for whatever the presumed value is of that currency, mm -hmm. right? And up until recently, transacting globally in any form of currency relied on centralized governing bodies. Mm -hmm. So national banks like, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank, mm -hmm. they are the ones who have the money. They are the ones who ensure the consistent supply of the money. They are the ones who determine how much of the money gets printed mm -hmm. and where it goes and how it flows and stuff like that. And then private banks, such as, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase, Barclays, banks like that, are, are private commercial banks that you can then transact with as a person uh, to ensure continued access to your currency, right? Mm. And then, of course, the other layer here is payment processors, right? You got Visa, you got American Express, you got MasterCard. They're like, hey, you know, is there enough money in there? Looks like there is. And they ensure that it goes from bank to bank. That's fiat currency in a nutshell. That's how the system works. Any questions about that? Just one major question. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. the reason for the banks that right, mm. we we use the paper and the coins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is so we don't have to carry all that gold around, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of this currency across the globe is is backed right by gold. Is that correct? Perhaps even uh, silver. Uh, no, no, no. But that's what the <laughs> Wizard of Oz told me. It is funny that you mentioned that, though, Nate. Like the idea of like it being backed by something. Yeah. Because these very same people who get really obsessed with the idea of a gold standard and like you know something doesn't mean anything until it's backed by something else. These right. people. You need specia. Right. Right. You need it. These people, the very same people, are all in on this idea of digital money. Where there's yeah. nothing backing it other than the trust of the network that creates the currency and maintains its value, which is fucking insane. I, I think the thing that really destroyed my faith in money as a concept was at the beginning of the pandemic mm. when the stock market was in free yeah. fall and they just threw something like a billion dollars at it to try and fix it, to try and stop like the plummet. And then that money was gone in like yeah. 45 seconds, yeah, yeah. I think. Like it just evaporated into nothing. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, so money's meaningless. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it is meaningful insofar that we all give it meaning, but you can also just make shit up if you want to. You could just throw it into an right. abyss and it doesn't fucking matter. It's just yeah. gone. And this is how AJ became a libertarian. I bury all <laughs> my provisions in the woods, all my gold. So what if then? What if rather than needing to rely on this imaginary money, this this sort of socially contracted agreed upon thing, yeah. we just had a store of objective value that lived as mm -hmm. code on a blockchain that cannot be destroyed, that can always be verified through the use of other computers on the network. Yeah. Isn't that something that you've always wanted? Code is objective. That's they, right. There, there's yeah. so many studies done that there it's are no math. human biases in code no, whatsoever. No. There's never any uh, errors in the writing of the code itself. Mm -mm. There's no ideology underpinning. I mean, Nate, you understand this better than anybody. Yeah, as someone who works in tech, um, you know, bugs are a thing of the past. <laughs> right. We don't have those anymore. <laughs> No, because uh, the global warming is killing them yeah, off. Right, 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 right. Uh, We've reached a point where now that we have AI, um, it writes the code for us, so we don't right. need to worry about human <laughs> right. error. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. It mm -hmm. just works. Right. And, you know, we used to, you, the old computer programmers, you know, hear these stories of the computer took up the entire room, right? Yeah, uh, IBM, yeah. you go into this giant chamber and you had punch cards that you had to feed the thing. And it was a literal bugs that would get in and block the holes or whatever. Right. Oh, Hence I didn't know that. We don't have that anymore. There's no. Right. There's not even a keyboard. You just you take out your iPad and you open the app. Mm. So there's not bugs. Oh, a so your iPad just chooses the settings in the app. Your iPad is able to punch the cards yes. all on its own. Yes, yes. but yeah. behind it, it's a virtual card, like an ebook. <laughs> <laughs> but the punch card is still backed by something, right? Gold or silver? <laughs> Hopefully, there is a gold Logs. standard. Josh, please. <laughs> Please let us know. Is there so obviously we are being extremely facetious here about like the providence of bugs or lack thereof. Like mm -hmm. there is still so much bad code that gets committed every single day because people make mistakes, and so does yeah. AI. So does the supposed generative AI that yeah. cannot fail us. And so all of the errors, all of the biases, all of the just sloppy work, all of that then gets encoded into what are called smart contracts. And the idea of a smart contract yeah. is, you know, what if what if just 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 
stay with me here. Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. rather than <clears throat> having the potentially error prone exchange of money for goods and services, that the whole thing could be automated and put into one infallible contract that cannot be changed so that when you engage with it, the transaction goes through and cannot under any circumstances be reversed without the consent of both parties. Wouldn't that be great? Okay, so a couple questions. Yeah. If it's a single, like, long chain of code, mm. blocks, whatever, yeah. and every transaction is working on this one chain, is yes. that just making it longer every time? It is, yeah. So it's like Leon in that it is getting larger. It is much... <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Okay, um, so now we have this, at this point, you know, say just Bitcoin on its own yeah, has yeah. been around for a very long time. So this has become a full Goku situation. Oh, very much so, yeah. No, it's it's so large. <laughs> so um, where where is the blockchain? There's this great scene in It's a Wonderful Life, and I feel like he explains the blockchain really yeah. well. <laughs> Blocks are not in the bank. Well, it's not here. Uh, the, 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 the blockchain is in Bosnia, and Herzegovina. It's, it's in a server in a bunker in South like, Africa. There is some sort of theoretical moment where the blockchain could simply go offline, right? So, and this goes back to like BitTorrent days is why I know this. Oh. Uh, but basically, right... BitTorrent is decentralized. It's it's relying on all these other people who are connected, who are saying, "Hey, here's the file. Here's what all the pieces of the file should look like." As long as a majority right. of them agree, then people connecting will know, "Okay, this is the right thing." Somebody could come in and try to like, "Oh, I'm gonna you know rename the file and send the wrong packets." But all these peers, all these other people are saying the majority is saying, "Hey, wait, yeah. that's fake." Uh, there's we are a, a enough of a authority okay. to tell you that this guy is a bad actor. Hmm. So luckily, okay, on the okay. internet, there's no easy way to spin up lots of extra virtual machines, computers. Cloud computing, thankfully, does not exist in, right. in this the reality never been, we live this is, in. This no. has never been yeah. done, if yeah. it, exactly. If it did, someone with the resources could spin up enough places that are part of the blockchain, part of this decentralized thing, to become a majority. Right. And, and, and say, I'm rewriting the rules of reality. Hmm. Actually, our version of the blockchain is the correct one. This is this is a real theoretical problem that exists, as I understand it, for anything yeah. based on that decentralized model. Yeah. You know, we've 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 now kind of poked holes in a number of the issues here, but really what you need to know in terms of like cryptocurrency and blockchains, how they work and how the model differs from like the traditional banking model that I outlined earlier, yeah. is that whereas traditional banking requires a centralized authority. The only agreement that needs to happen in a cryptocurrency landscape is that there are enough computers on the network that perform a computation that says, yep, this looks right. Um, So this then means that it's of interest to people who, for various reasons, don't want to interact with the traditional banking system, Uh, specifically people who want to traffic in potentially illegal materials. Silk Road, the the drug selling marketplace on the dark web was one of the big actual use cases for Bitcoin. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one use case. The other big use case for cryptocurrency that that sort of comes to the fore and and particularly as we get closer to 2020 is speculative value Mm. The, Mm the the fact that if you get a whole bunch of people to buy into the idea that this thing has value you can watch the line go up 
And then if you're the person holding most of the cards, you can make sure that you get out before the line goes back down again. Yeah. Right. Currency is really good for this. Uh, I I uh, am doing <laughs> this right now with the Iraqi dinar. Yes, yes, yes. yes, uh, yes. Because once we reelect our president, Mr. Trump, into his rightful third term, mm. uh, because this, of course, is his second term that he's serving in exile. Right. Uh <laughs> Then he's going to revalue the world currency and the Iraqi dinar is going to become equal one to one with the American dollar. And I'm going to become rich. I love that we've made the most insincere uh, episode of our podcast to date. We're, we're, we're back in Trump. We're back in the blockchain. We're, we're doing a hard pivot, y'all. So Bitcoin is the first real proof of concept for a functional digital currency, right? A cryptocurrency. Yeah. It launches in January 2009. Uh, it starts very slow, and then it starts growing. And then in yeah. 2014, there's a guy named Vitalik Buterin. He's a he's a Russian guy, mm. uh, and at the age of 19, he publishes a Oof. white paper describing something called Ethereum. This is a blockchain-based currency that is specifically designed, according to him, for transactional purposes. It's supposed to serve as digital cash. As opposed to an asset that's supposed to appreciate. To value. appreciate over time. And, exactly. and to give you a cool. sense of this cool. guy, it's like, what if Dookie Hauser took a much darker path? He, yeah. he has one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen. Uh, and it's very, He's a very pointy Slavic man, AJ, and I, 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 <laughs> no. I, I take offense No, no, to no. Your... The pointiness is not the, the issue. The pointiness is Buterin. not the issue. It's just he has this <laughs> sort of... Help. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. <laughs> 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 but like he has this sort of um smugness about him this sort of yes uh i'm gonna destroy the world's bank just because you know i can you know kind of uh mentality about him that makes him yeah. deeply deeply unsettling to watch in this interview that you sent us josh yeah so the the media loves a fucking wonderkind right and yeah. so it it doesn't take long for Buterin to start to get a lot of interest from the media. And this is largely actually legacy media that wants to try to appear forward looking. Sure. And so uh, I pulled an interview from Vice in 2018, uh, another outlet that is doing very, very well now. Mm -hmm. And They're so great, yeah. a Vice reporter did an interview with Buterin uh, in Russia in 2018. And... This is a little clip from it here. Explain to me why this technology is so transformational that people think it'll change the world. Because they represent kind of epochal changes in the, the options that we have for interacting with each other. With uh, Bitcoin, it's uh, you don't need banks to send money anymore. It's just something that happens directly peer to peer. And Ethereum extends that to m making digitally enforceable agreements. But that changes whole industries, doesn't it? That's not a leading question. And it hasn't yet, but we'll see. Do you feel like the destroyer of worlds here? I mean, you can essentially eliminate how many jobs by doing jobs. Destroyer of jobs, creator of better ones. Because <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> not a good line come on mr buterin <laughs> your campaign seems to have the momentum yeah. of a runaway freight train yeah, why are like, you so popular this guy knows nothing this guy asking the questions doesn't know anything he had to be fed these questions right. to be able to get anywhere with this well, interview. It also, it's such a fucking it kind of also looks like buterin needs to be fed because he doesn't know how to eat he keeps taking single slices of arugula and like yeah. gently putting them in his mouth like he was a tiny rabbit at at at, at the trough <laughs> Of like, I, 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 you can always tell in these interviews when 
they're interviewing somebody who could actually be a supervillain in like 10 years and this mm-hmm. is one of those fucking guys <laughs> absolutely there's it's a journalistic disservice they teach you this like first day journalism 101 you ask the subject like hey do you want to finish your soup you know before we start <laughs> t- talking before we go on the record just want to like finish that that bowl of soup it's going to be really distracting that's what vice came in to disrupt though they right. want mm-hmm. people they want the mouth sounds they want the soup and the salad and the breadsticks combo it's unlimited well, your advice your family <laughs> i think that this is actually part of the performance I think that, you know, this guy, he's a little different from the rest of us. He doesn't finish his meal and then talk. No, he's so brilliant that he can eat and talk at the same time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, genuinely, I think that's what's going on here. I think the most sympathetic lens I can give for him and a lot of guys like him is I think they would be a lot happier. Maybe not happier. They would be a lot more uh, fulfilled inside Mm -hmm. if they were just communists instead of blockchain enthusiasts yeah Yeah. Uh, specifically currency related blockchain because you look at the you know he describes the technology and stuff and there's this weird push and pull of like we want this decentralized thing i should be able to you know send this to you and you get it and but we need to make sure that you own that there's this this private ownership that you still control this thing and all of this Okay, we want it to be decentralized, but we need some sort of public record and 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 perfect like lineup of oh the value isn't lost, you know, right. this is going somewhere. Uh, all of that makes it much harder to do. And part of the reason that this technology is very complicated and leads to these giant endless chains that just suck up more and more resources mm-hmm. is because these things are at odds with each other, yeah, right? Yeah. The the philosophy of BitTorrent and Napster before it and all these things I feel like are very antithetical to the what the new cutting edge technology stuff is of like, here's this super profit thing that will make us all rich instead of here's this way to share everything so we don't need to be rich. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if if these types can ever get back on that track of this old school you know, Linux kernel hacker guys of, hey, we need a free Mm. operating system. That philosophy seems to be lost in the weeds for the hey we need a new bank that we own yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and if you go and you read some of buterin's old articles which were actually compiled in a in a paperback which i do not recommend oh. buying uh i i but i did check it out <laughs> from the library a few months ago yeah. and just kind of skimmed it and it was like i honestly my my big takeaway after reading it was this is a bunch of fucking bullshit he's not an idiot obviously mm-hmm. in the in, like he he he, he has a sp- powerful intellect in the sense that he can synthesize ideas but he lacks an actual understanding of like the context that these ideas are in and so he like a lot of the other people in this world seems to think that he's the first person to ever think about these ideas because there's a lack of interest there in actually going and exploring what other people have said about these things before because if you're this kind of engineer you're like well I can just create a piece of code that will solve it all well I mean isn't that very common I mean uh, uh, Josh you and Nate can speak to this I think uh, certainly more than I can but I I've, I've always under the impression that that's very common in the tech world, right? That they're just reinventing the things that have all, always been around. It's just that now they're getting the money from it instead. Is that, I mean, is yeah. that a common thing that you've run into in your time in tech? I would say so, yeah. There's this kind of uh, philosophy of, of you know, 
do things like make a big splash and fail hard, fail hard and fast. Mm. So you're just kind of plowing ahead without, and this is not, of course, what they're going for. Uh, But in reality, what it works out to be is don't do the research. Don't look at the risks. Don't find out why things are the way they are or what the existing alternatives are and what their shortcomings are. Just if you get an idea, do it, throw a bunch of resources at it and figure it out along the way if it collapses hopefully you are still holding the bag or not holding the bag yeah you've thrown you've thrown the bag to an underling and right (laughs) right right. exactly hopefully the money that you've spent is somebody else's money and you keep yours and and then some yeah Yeah. uh so it's just there's this this drive to not take things slowly which means that you are skipping all of this uh, does a city bus already exist? Like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the old joke. Yeah, yeah. did tech yeah. just reinvent the bus? Right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I think it's wild that you look at uh, the recession of two thousand eight. Right. This horrible, horrible collapse. You look at an event like that, and you're like, you know what? Capitalism has failed us. You know what we need? Harder capitalism. Yeah. Like, you, well, because I mean, you it, can it, look it, at this argument in like Adam Smith, right? Like, capitalism in terms of the market. That's going to work. That's going to be the most equitable. That's going to be the thing that uplifts society. But it does have a tendency to financialize, which can be okay in a certain amount, but then it will over-financialize and over-centralize. And so you have to find something, uh, some kind of framework that will compete against over-financialization and against over-centralization of the market in order to keep the marketplace decentralized, small, broken up into little bitty pieces. Because you can definitely walk out of 2008 and just say, well, yeah, you just don't let things get too big to fail. Or you, in their case, of course, they don't really want the government to be a part of it until they do. Um, They want it to be, well, we're providing a market-based alternative that's just going to be good enough and aggressive enough and fast enough uh, that it's going to tear apart the central banks. It's sort of the intersection, again, of like libertarianism and big tech, where it's just this obsession with building a perfect system, right? Yeah. Where... It's the, the issue is not that, as you were saying, like it, it's become too overly centralized, you know, that that certain uh, movers and shakers have too much power. No, the problem is that the systems that currently exist are not automated enough. They are not uh, uh, smart enough. They, they, they lack sort of the pieces of technology that we can then make available on this brand new platform. But of course, all you end up doing is recreating the the old problems just in a newer more automated way the banks Um, had no computers before this no (laughs) famously (laughs) they had punch cards they were taken into the back (laughs) (laughs) i like to think of the old banks as like the titanic Mm. right Mm. it was touted as like this is massive there's we have all these safeguards in place like this is the greatest thing rich people come on board like there's no way anything bad will happen. Yeah. Mm. And we all know what happened with the Titanic. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, no. And now this new technology is like a smaller, privately developed, yeah. submersible right. that yes. we was designed to explore the Titanic. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Look yes. at the wreck of the Titanic and find out what went wrong. <laughs> and there's no way that that would collapse. Absolutely not. And just take even more rich people with them. <laughs> I, I still so, like that's the episode. That's no, NFTs. Unfortunately, we don't, haven't even talked about no, NFTs no, yet. Don't, don't, please don't make me talk about the crypto kitties, Josh. I don't, don't want to talk gotta. about how much this man wants cats uh, to fuck. So many possibilities.
Hey there, you are listening to a preview of a premium episode of The Worst of All Possible Worlds. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this, head on over to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash worst of all. And you can listen to not only the rest of this episode, but our entire backlog of premium episodes, bonus episodes. And if you subscribe at the $10 tier, you will get an extra episode of the podcast every single month. Again, that is patreon.com slash worst of all. Hope to see you there.